This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner is Charlie Daggs, okay? He was a middle manager at a manufacturing company. He wants to break free, and he won the $100 I give out every Monday. For your chance to win, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes right now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Folks, many of you reach out to me and you say, Nathan, so many guests on your show talk about the importance of batching. But whenever I try and batch, you tell me this. You go, Nathan, they don't book back-to-back times. So you, or they don't show up after they book. It's frustrating. The answer is, guys, you have to use smart tools. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. I'll tell you specifically how I use it later on in the episode. Nathan Latke here. This is episode 489. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to learn from Golden Key CEO Tommy Sowers. They've raised $3.4 million and they've sold over a thousand units by helping agents use new technology to close deals. Top Drive. Good morning, Nathan Latke here. And our guest today is Mike Doyle. He is the CEO of Rent Like a Champion, a vacation rental platform for sporting events. Hosted, he's hosted 50,000 travelers and done over 12 million in sales. He's a Shark Tank survivor, received an investment from Mark Cuban and Chris Soccer. We're going to get into all of it coming up. Mike, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Ready to go. Good. Okay. Tell us quickly, what was the deal you did with Mark and Chris? How much equity did they get for how much money? So we took a uh, total, it was $200,000 for 10% of the company. So they each came in for a hundred grand and uh, they each got 5% of Rent Like a Champion. And was this your first round of funding? It was, which I think, uh, I think helped us in the sense that we went in the shark tank uh, without any previous investors that we were going to upset by maybe giving the sharks uh, a good deal. So we actually took what we thought kind of our fair market valuation would have been and chopped that down quite a bit just because, you know, we knew we wanted to get a deal. Uh, The exposure is worth so much that we just wanted these guys, you know, on our sides. We wanted to make it kind of a a can't pass opportunity for them. What do you think your true valuation is? At the time, you know, we thought it was somewhere between three and $5 million, just kind of looking at comparable businesses uh, and kind of where we were. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Where are you today? Well, how'd you value the business today? October, 2016. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, we're not really, you know, we're not in the market for raising. So I haven't really gone through that, that process quite a bit. I mean, we've grown quite a bit since, you know, since we aired that segment, we, we filmed June of 2015. So that was, you know, a year and a half almost to go. Um, you know, since then we've signed up a ton of homes, we've, uh, we've done a ton more rentals. So I'd say, you know, we've, we've grown substantially. Uh, okay. Let's break down the economics here. So first off, this is a, a, a marketplace play, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. So let's just break this down in its core. Who is the seller on your platform and who's the buyer? Yeah. So we connect uh, the sellers would be homeowners who live near big stadiums. So uh, college towns for football weekends, NASCAR tracks, PGA tournament events, the Super Bowl, things like that. Uh, the buyers are sports fans who are traveling. We really focus on uh, non-urban destinations. So smaller towns that have these big events where there's not enough hotel inventory and supply and demand is kind of out of whack. Uh, that's been our, our sweet spot. And how many total over your life? And by the way, what year were you founded in? So it was a side with this really like a champion actually spun out of a, a brick and mortar real estate company in South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame is. It was really 2012 when we spun it out on its own and started, you know, expanding it 
nationwide. So that was, I graduated from school in 2012 and we kind of took this concept and started running with it. Since 2012, how many sports fans have booked a uh, location with you for a weekend? So since 2012, uh, it's just a shade under, we've hosted just a shade under 60,000 fans. And is it an average of one fan per booked destination? And in other words, how many total booked destinations have you had? Yeah, booked destinations, uh, it's more like 7,500. So it's usually about eight, eight fans is kind of on average per rental. So one differentiation, we only rent out homes in their entirety because we're kind of marketing ourselves towards families and bigger groups. So on our platform, you can't rent just a bedroom or just a futon. If you rent through us, you're getting the entire home. And uh, how many uh, unique uh, kind of sellers, homeowners near stadiums, have you uh, given money to because you rented their places? Yeah, so we have uh, over 3,000 homes on the platform. Um, we have we have properties available in over 100 towns around the country. There's really about 25 towns that we kind of consider to be core markets where, you know, we have a, a good concentration of homes. You know, some of those 100 towns, we may only have five homes in those towns. Um, so there are, tw there are about 25 where we have enough where it's kind of worth it for us to, you know, really deploy marketing dollars to drive demand there. Makes good sense. And then take us back to 2012. What was your year one revenue? Yeah. So 2012, uh, total bookings was uh, about 630 grand. Our take rate of what we keep is 22%. So, you know, 630 grand, we kept about 140 grand. Um, and then this year we're on pace to four and a half million and kind of top line total rentals. And we'll keep just a shade under a million dollars in our fees. Okay. Total transaction volume 2016 and you'll keep, is it still 22%? Yeah, still 22%. Okay. Um, all right, let me break that down a bit. So so just to repeat, 2015, uh, year, sorry, year one revenue, 2012 top line bookings was 630 grand. You kept about 22% of that. Uh, in in uh, this year, your goal is 4.5 million in total transaction volume. You'll keep about a million. What'd you guys do in 2015? 2015, uh, this is just under 3.3 million. So we kept about 720,000. Okay. Uh, 720,000. That's five. I would understand. Um, is this, and then who are you taking the 22% from? Are you, are you charging the sports fans more or taking out of the homeowners cut? A little bit of both. So we, uh, you know, we get a fee on both ends. So there is a, a fee that the owners pay us. And then there is a slight markup on the buyer side as well. Well, what is that? So how's that break down? 10% to the homeowner, 2% to the sport? Uh, so it's 15% on the homeowner side and then 9% uh, added on to the booking or excuse me, onto the booking. I know that adds up to 24, but it's, you know, 15% that we take from the homeowners from their list price. So if it's a thousand, we take 150 and then the, the renter would actually pay a thousand ninety. So there's a 9% markup. Makes perfect sense. Um, in terms of velocity, just so we can understand, let's go back to, and I imagine actually, are you pretty seasonal? Yeah, very much so. And that's, you know, one of the things, uh, so right now the answer would definitely be yes. Most of our bookings still come from college football. That's kind of where we started. That's been our bread and butter. But one thing that's really been a priority, I'd say over the last six to 12 months has been widening out that niche. So I, I mentioned PGA, we're actually, you know, officially partnered with six PGA tournament events where we are their private home rental provider. So we're doing rentals for players, caddies, uh, sponsors. We're starting to, to do the same thing with NASCAR races where we're partnering with NASCAR teams. So when they're traveling, you know, each car that's in a race has 20 to 25 people who's on the team looking for a place to stay. Um, so in short, we are still seasonal, but we're spreading into these kind of new verticals to try to level that season, seasonality out a little bit. In September of 2016, how many total buyers used your platform to find a, a, a place? Ooh, let's, uh, let's, let's take a look. I actually have our, our kind of master spreadsheet pulled up. So in terms of new, new bookings that came, Oh wait, no, this is the wrong year. Uh, in terms of, so what happens, I guess I should kind of preface is most of the bookings come through, uh, six to eight weeks in advance. 
So kind of our, our busiest time when actually money is coming in the door is July, August. And then that bleeds a little bit into September. Um, but that's that cash you're collecting for October rentals. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Let's just, let me rephrase the question. Um, ignore the month you collected the cash. Just do okay. the month that the trip is actually happening. And so in September, how many kind of buyer trips happened? Sure. So in September, uh, 750 wow. folks, 750 groups. And then you assume, you know, about eight people per group. Yeah. Okay. And, and they, so they stayed at about 750 places. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. So that, you know, gross for kind of September stays, um, was one point, just 1.35, about 1.35 million. Got it. And is, is September your kind of your big year or your big month? September and October, I'd say, are, are, are fairly equal. And then November, it kind of falls off. Uh, I think for a couple of reasons, you know, a lot of we, we do a lot of Midwestern towns um, and in the Midwest, you know, the weather can be kind of nasty in November. So I think people like to get their trips in early in the football season. So September and October, I'd say those two are kind of neck and neck in terms of when most of our stays are happening. What is your average kind of order value? So average rental through our site uh, is about $1,650. That's okay. for a two night rental. Um, so kind of the default is Friday at 5 PM until assuming it's college football weekend, which again, a big chunk of our rentals are it's Friday at 5 PM until Sunday at noon. Um, you know, we have rentals that go longer. We have kind of, you know, we have the ability obviously to adjust those, but most people stay within that uh, kind of default time frame. And what is your, it's walked me through kind of team size. Now you're, you're several years in, how big are you? Yeah. So we're, we're still relatively lean. So we have, uh, there's five of us full time, uh, and then five, you know, part time. So, um, you know, and then I have kind of three partners who are uh, in advisory roles at this point. So, you know, relatively, uh, relatively lean and we're based in, in downtown Chicago. Very good. Chicago. And if you roll up your total transaction volume since founding date, what does that number come out to be? Uh, since 2012, um, 14, if, you know, kind of, uh, just a little over 12 kind under of forecasting 12. out to, to what we're over 12, excuse me, not under just a little over 12 million that, uh, that we'll do including all of 2016. Okay. So how do you like beat the hell out of Airbnb? Yeah. So, uh, we're really focusing on these kind of what we consider non-event destinations, you know, outside of football weekends and graduation, uh, a town like South Bend, Indiana or Tuscaloosa, Alabama or Oxford, Mississippi doesn't necessarily have a ton of tourism. So a lot of the, uh, I guess bigger players in the vacation rental space don't have a ton of inventory in those type of towns. So we're just being, you know, very specific and, and, you know, very targeted about what towns we're going after. And we're, you know, building up that inventory. We're oftentimes kind of actively creating the peer to peer home rental market in those specific towns. And then similarly on the, on the demand side, you know, we're able to be so targeted with our, uh, with our advertising, you know, towards sports fans. Did you graduate from this school? Do you like this school's Facebook page? You know, we're advertising on college football podcasts, college football blogs, uh, again, just getting really granular, getting in there where we know the super fans are going to be spending their time when they're online. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Sokka is obviously one of your investors. Um, yeah. If he didn't miss out and, and regret missing out so much on the Airbnb deal, do you think he would have been as aggressive at getting into you guys on Shark Tank? Uh, that's a good question. I think there's maybe I think there's definitely some FOMO uh, yeah. from Airbnb. And it was funny. Um, we got a call from the producers the night before we were going to film, letting us know who our panel of sharks was going to be. So up until, you know, 12 hours before we didn't know that Chris was going to be there. And my initial reaction, I knew there was a story about Chris and Airbnb. And for some reason I thought he had invested. So my initial thought was like, Oh man, this, you know, this can be a conflict. 
of interest. If he's invested in Airbnb, he can't invest in us. And I, you know, ran home, started doing as much research as I could, found out that he had missed out on them. So we definitely tried to play on that a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously that's a smart, that's a smart thing to do. Um, is kind of Shark Tank exactly what we see on TV? And if so, if not, where's it different? So uh, I'd say the difference is that, and I think everybody realizes this, it's, it's super condensed what you see on TV. You know, you see eight minutes. Uh, I think the average pitch is somewhere between 45 and 60 minutes. We were on the short end, I think, for a, a couple reasons. I think, you know, we went in with a really reasonable valuation. And we, we had some traction, you know, we weren't just kind of brand new at that point. Uh, we were only about 25 minutes. So, you know, they, they cut out a lot and kind of what I've explained to people is the stuff they cut out tends to be the stuff that maybe the average viewer wouldn't care a lot about. So, like you know, kind of the, uh, you, you know, walking through the granular unit economics of, you know, what's your average rental, what percentage is your take, what's your repeat customer rate, you know, those sort of things um, that are obviously super important to a business, but First and foremost, they're making a television show, right? So um, they cut out a lot of that, splice it together, and make it dramatic. But it is very real in the sense that, um, you know, they say go, you start your thing, and the producers don't step in until it's done. So they told us, you know, the schedule is very much subject to change because someone can go in there and they might be in the tank for 90, 90 minutes to two hours if, if it takes that long. So they let it run until, you know, until all the sharks are either out or someone's made a deal. What's your average reorder rate? Uh, about 50% once we can get somebody in the door. And I think the, the reason for that is because, uh, you know, the, the type of people who are willing to spend 1600 bucks for a weekend rental um, are the type of fans who are, you know, they're season ticket holders. They're alums who go back every year. A lot of them are parents of students. Um, so we, you know, we have a really good repeat rate. So our, you know, our goal is always get as many new customers each year in the door as we can, because we know we can kind of nurture those and, and they're likely good for, you know, several rentals over the course of their lifetime with our company. A 50% reorder rate over what period of time? In other words, if I do my first one today, how long does it take me or how long does it take one and two of all of your, uh, you know, people to book the second one? So t typically it's one a year. Okay. Um, so it'd be next year. And we do, you know, there, there are some obviously anomalies. We have some people who every year they'll rent a house with us for every home game. So they'll do six rentals a year or seven rentals a year. Um, but, you know, the, the more typical use case that we get is, you know, say you live in New York and you're going to a game in Ann Arbor to watch Michigan play. You're going once a year. So you'll, you know, usually in like July or August, you'll make those plans and you'll go to a game in, uh, in September, or October. This is like the classic kind of story of, of kind of Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One, where he says, like you want to have a monopoly on a market, right? So like you could have just said, we can be with Airbnb, but what you've done instead is you've done like a hyper specific use case. You're now dominating that space. I imagine, is there anyone else that's specifically for sports rentals on weekends? You know, there, um, there are definitely kind of some hyper local players. Like for, well, I mean, I mean in specific small towns. So for instance, in, you know, Oxford, Mississippi, where Ole Miss is, there's a, a realtor in town who on the side also does weekend vacation rentals and that same sort of thing. Uh, you know, for all Miss games, that same sort of thing happens in a couple of our towns around the country, but there's really nobody who has, you know, all these campuses kind of blanketed in, in quite the way that we do. So how do you, you have kind of, let's say you're dominating the space right now, right? This specific niche. How do you kind of now go into expanding your market share? You've mentioned like go to other sporting events, but after sporting events, how do you, how do you expand market share after that? Well, yeah, I think, you know, I'd say first and foremost, there's a ton of green space within college football. So we're, we've by no means tapped out college football. Uh, secondly, even within college towns, we are now working on, okay, how do we increase utilization of the inventory that we already have in college towns? So, you know, graduation is already big for us, but how do we push that more? Uh, reunion weekends, we're starting to do partnerships with wedding planners in these college towns because a lot of people go back to their alma mater to get married. Um, we're starting to work with youth sports tournament organizers who put on tournaments on these college campuses. So I think, you know, number one is, 
continue in this green space college football. Number two is the inventory we have. How do we further further utilize it? And I think the third is kind of these new verticals, um, you know, PGA events, NASCAR races, et cetera. And, you know, we don't want to go too broad, too fast. We want to kind of stay true to being very specific. We're not everything for everyone, but if you're a sports fan, we want to be able to host you, you know, whatever event you're going to. If I'm in a college town, do I just give you my home and say, book it as much as you can? Or do you say, Hey, we got someone for your next weekend. Do you want to leave town so they can use it? So it's instant book. So the way it works is if you list your house, um, you know, we have kind of the seven or eight upcoming events, say six football weekends, two graduation weekends. And once you list, you go in and you put availability for each of those. So you say, yes, I'm available for this game. It's 1200 bucks for the weekend. No, I'm not available for this game. Once you put in a price, someone in real time. So if you put in the price right now in one hour, someone could come and book that house for, you know, for one of those games. Okay, got it. So you and can then, then choose to whether stay or leave, depending on if someone booked it or not. Yeah, exactly. And you can go in in real time and you can, you know, if you all of a sudden decide you don't want to leave for a specific weekend, as long as you haven't been booked, you can always go in and take availability down. Um, You know, you can adjust the prices. Pricing is totally up to the homeowners. Most of the folks who are working with, this is the first time they've done this sort of thing. They've never rented out their house like this before. So they are looking to us for some guidance. And we definitely, based on, you know, historical data and the rentals that we've done, we give them, you know, ranges where we think they should price. But at the end of the day, it's totally up to them to price how they see fit. If 100% equals all the times homeowners in a specific college town have said, yes, I'm available, please rent my space out. What percentage are you actually being utilized? How many renters are you placing? Oh, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'd like it to be much higher. Um, it, it's, I, I should also say it, it varies greatly game to game. So depending on, you know, for instance, uh, Notre Dame versus Texas last year, we were probably at like 90%. Uh, an, an average game I'd say is more like 50% just cause there are, there is such fluctuation. If, you know, if your team is playing kind of a, you know, maybe not as big of a name opponent, it's not as big of a draw not as many people are coming, but for the big rivalry games, you know, there, it seems like every school has one or two games each year where anything we sign up, we're going to get rented. It's just a matter of, can we make sure we have enough inventory for all the requests that are coming in? What's it like working with Chris soccer? Do you pick up the phone and call him every week and give it up? I mean, what's it like? Yeah. You know, coming out of shark tank, it was kind of a funny story. We, you know, we filmed, it was great. We're riding high. We fly home and then we don't hear anything from Chris or Mark for like a week and a half. And my partner Drew and I were kind of joking. We're like, well, you know, we didn't get their, we didn't get their business cards. So, you know, what's kind of the next move here, but pretty shortly after we heard from them. And I think we had this question of, okay, is this going to be a check? And we never hear from these guys again. What's their involvement going to be? Clearly they're really busy. Uh, We've been very pleased to find that they've been, you know, incredibly involved. We're sending them updates every week. Um, you know, if we have specific asks for introductions or if we're looking for feedback, they're very quick to respond. It's, it's insane to me when you think of both Chris and Mark, how many portfolio companies they have, how much they have on their plate. Yet, if we email them something, they're responding within 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's just crazy how on top of the stuff they are. And, you know, example, about a month and a half ago, uh, we have been kind of talking to some of the producers of Shark Tank about, you know, we'd love to kind of be featured on the show again. We think we have a great story of how things went since the show. Um, and so they, they agreed to do an update segment. And Chris and Mark actually came down to Auburn, Alabama. Uh, we threw a big tailgate, kind of made it a big marketing event. All our renters for the Auburn LSU game, all our renters from that weekend came. We invited all our homeowners in Auburn. We ended up getting a lot more homeowners to sign up. And then, you know, halfway through the tailgate, Chris and Mark show up. And of course, everybody kind of loses their minds a little bit. So, you know, just the, the fact that they're both willing to, to travel to Auburn, Alabama for a day and in mid-September, um, you know, we really appreciated them taking the time to do that. Yeah. That's great. Michael, as you keep building this thing and we look forward to seeing you guys more on Shark Tank and just building and winning online, where's the best place for people to connect with you? 
Yeah, so uh, online we're just rentlegachampion.com. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Uh, my you know, personal email is just mike at rentlegachampion.com. So uh, if anybody wants to reach out, we'd love to hear from them. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you post all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's giving us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. All right, Top Tribe, we'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 489. Again, forward slash the top 489. All right, Mike, it's time for the Famous Five. These are rapid-fire questions and very quick answers. You ready? All right, let's do it. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Business book, uh, I'd say The Hard Thing About Hard thing about Hard Things by Ben Horvitz. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Probably a uh, generic answer, but I'd say Elon Musk. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like TopTal? Uh, Trello, I think, probably just kind of keeps me on track. Number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Uh, more often than not, no. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, ma- recently married. Got married about six months ago. Uh, no kids. Congratulations. And how old Thank are you? you. Uh, I just turned 27. Okay, so last question. Take us back seven years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh... You know, I've actually talked with friends about this quite a bit. I feel like when you're in college, you're you're kind of uh, not aware of, at least I was not aware of all the resources that are there for you to take advantage of. Um, you know, I think it, it would be, you know, just start something earlier, you know, kind of put yourself out there because when you're in college, there's so many resources there to help you out. And there are people who want to help you out because you're a student. And, you know, unfortunately, I think as a 20 year old, uh, I might've ignored that advice because I, I felt like I had better things to do. But, um, you know, I feel like it maybe. Maybe take advantage of those a little more if I if I redid college. Top Tribe, there you have it. Start earlier. Take advantage of those resources from Mike Doyle, who co-founded, again, Rent Like a Champion. Got a deal on Shark Tank from Mark Cuban and Chris Saka. 200 grand for 20%. He's placed over 60,000 people across 3,000 homes during sporting event weekends. That's a total transaction volume of over $12 million. He keeps about 22% of that, so you can get an idea of revenues. Again, sitting on something big. Average order value for that sports weekend is about $16.50 for, again, Friday and Saturday nights. Michael, thank you for taking us to the top. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Nathan. If you enjoyed Mike today, go back and listen to Hierology CEO Adam Robinson. They've raised $26 million, just past $1.2 million in monthly recurring revenue, and are helping over 4,000 customers hire more effectively. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.